I ask of you, what is the Hulk? What have you become? With these hands I build, with other hands I break. I break to build anew. Have you my strength? Have you an arm like mine? Would you build or break? You are my creation. I made you the counterweight to ask of you. Are you Gaborah or Gulashab? And what of Chesed? What of mercy? What will you become? For the left hand is strength, but the right hand is mercy. Prepare to enter through the green door. All right, welcome listeners. I'm Demetrius. And I'm Demetrius. And Meet Your Meets presents the Blurred City Podcast. Yes, so we are doing one of my favorite comics. I think also one of yours as well. <laughs> this is, an, I remember just reading it after we did our Venom and Death Character study, and I was just completely blown away. So we're going to do character analysis, one of our favorite types of episodes of The Immortal Hulk. Um, but before we just even dive deeper into that, we always hit you with legal spiegel. Yes. So the purpose of this podcast is to explore digital and print media. All sources we reference are owned by the respective companies and our thoughts and opinions are strictly our own and reflect no biases or corporate agendas. Your discretion is advised. Yes. So if you're listening, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or whatever platform you're using, uh, just hit the like button, give us the five stars, subscribe, just tell people word of mouth. Uh, we really just want to keep growing, keep expanding the city until we become blurred state and blurred nation. So yes, <laughs> the takeover is imminent. Uh, so we're going to get into what's hot. All right. So for the what's hot, the anime scene kind of going nuts right now. Uh, at the time that you're hearing this episode, uh, I had just uh, finished watching One Piece Red, which dropped. <laughs> all I gotta say is that soundtrack, though. Oh yes, that's that's all I gotta say right now. But uh, without spoiling anything. But with that, we also got Bleach that's finally going ape and going crazy right now. Spy Family delivering the wholesomeness that I need to balance out the insanity of everything else. Palate cleanser, if you yep. will. <laughs> yep, because Mob Psycho going crazy. My hero going nuts. Going stupid right now. Uh. Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man is kind of lo- is losing it right now, and by losing it, I mean that in the best way possible because this man going dummy. Blue Lock, lock in, brothers and sisters, lock in, and and yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got on the anime scene. But now let's get into the to the little bit of the horror scene right now because they released the Halloween's End novelization, mm-hmm. and just from the first chapter alone miles ahead better than the movie I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that right now and that's all i've read so far so uh if that's anything to go off of this hopefully this will be the 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 movie that all of our fans they've been trying to hit the whole uh hey, 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 uh the petition to redo the movie make it based off this novelization because uh good good heavens mm-hmm. that first chapter alone but yeah andor Andor is, bo- is popping off once again, <laughs> and and then in the comic scene, you know we got we got Venom that's that's continually to go crazy. The Thor uh, crossover with Venom just ended, so mm. 
Oh boy. Uh, spoilers in that story for what's happening in Venom. And then also the new Amazing Spider-Man crossover is going to be dropping fairly soon entitled Dark Web. Ooh, so, I heard about that one. Yeah, so we'll get the Spider-Man, X-Men, and Venom all crossing over together to uh, create absolute insanity um, with the boys. Of course, hey, hit you up with Vanish. And then finally, Black Panther 2 dropping uh, the week that you're listening to this episode. So yeah. should be actually the next day. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, prepare your hearts for that. Thank so you, you absolutely hit every anime one because anime last week, the week like that we are recording went absolutely <laughs> bananas. Like it was like back to back, back to back, back to back. I was, I was just like stunned uh, Monday after Bleach because I had to recover from my hero and then Chainsaw Man went <laughs> insane. And then Mob was just like, <laughs> Mob was hilarious, but at the same time it was very emotional. So yeah, just a lot in the scene to go after. Uh, so you touched on that. Uh, since we're in the comic space, I also had some Batman and Joker. They just dropped this uh, new comic called The World's Deadliest Duo, which is really interesting. So it's them essentially teaming up to uh, work together against kind of, I don't know what it is yet since it was just the first uh, novel, but they're trying to find Harley Quinn and Bruce is trying to save Commissioner Gordon. So, oh so it, it definitely was good in that first one that I read. And then as of the time that you're listening to this podcast, God of War Ragnarok will have just dropped. <laughs> so I, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save buying it until my birthday because I'm still trying to finish Arkham Knights. But it's only like by the time it comes, it's going to be like a week or two. Now that we just covered everything in the what's hot, we are going to start talking about the Immortal Hulk. So what was your feeling the first time you read this? Oh, man, bruh. It's it was incredible. See, I read this story when it dropped. So like in 2018, mm -hmm. the same time Donny Case Venom was dropping. So I kept getting hit with back to back bangers mm -hmm. and my mind could not deal. Uh, but the story of Immortal Hulk is so far different than any Hulk story. So much so, like, this is actually probably the first ever run of Hulk that I read to completion. Mm. I've never read a Hulk story before then. I just generally, you know, like, got through the, you know, the Wikipedia or seen, like, all the adaptations of it, like, Planet Hulk movie and whatnot. Right. So I had a general idea of, like, what the Hulk was doing or, like, where he was at. And especially in Civil War II and what happened with him in that. <laughs> ooh, ooh, the, the disrespect. Which we have to lightly touch on to get into this one. Yes, but but like when but upon reading that first issue of Immortal Hulk, I was like, oh, oh, this this is new. Oh, I oh I need this now. So <laughs> so yeah, I was I was super pumped for it and I really loved it. Nice. Yeah, when I did it, because it was directly after when we were doing our Venom character study, like I said. And I literally was like, huh, I keep hearing Immortal Hulk is really one of the best comics of all time, or it's like one of the best Hulk stories of all time. And I was like, okay, let me check it out. And just like the way it uh, went different places, I just really was like with it completely, the different arcs, the characters that we'll get into later. And I, I did not know it was a three-year run, but just even having, I love having like a long uh set of volumes and issues to go through because it's like you're actually with the entire story and you're growing with them so like this one i was with you i, I didn't read planet hulk 
And beforehand, I just saw the movie for it, the animated version. And then for World War Hulk, I read it like maybe a few weeks ago. And it's really brief compared to um, uh, the Immortal Hulk. So, I uh, yeah, this is definitely something that I'm <laughs> excited to get into. So, just to kind of start it off, we kind of have to give context. So, if you want to touch on the Civil War II aspect of it. All right. So, at this point in Marvel Comics, uh, because of the fact that uh, the MCU was doing Captain America Civil War, they had to capitalize on it by doing another Civil War event. And within this event, at this point in time, Bruce Banner was no longer the Hulk. He had actually purged himself of it and he was just human. However, in the Civil War event, he was killed because of the fact that like there was a vision that said that Hulk was going to destroy everything. And the heroes decided to preemptively strike and, and Bruce was tragically killed because of it. So at this point, Bruce Banner was dead. And then after that, there was a comic event known as Avengers No Surrender, mm -hmm. where in which the Hulk was revived by uh, the antagonist of that storyline and Hulk just started wilding out. And that is basically how Hulk was revived. But in his resurrection, things changed. And that's where we get into Immortal Hulk. Yes. Yeah, so I... We're going to go into a brief recap. There's no possible way in one episode we can tell the entire Immortal Hulk story. Um, just like the even the in-depthness of it, but just like even an overview. So later we're going to go into a brief overview. We definitely recommend that you go read it yourself. Um, but in it, we have Bruce Banner and multiple Hulks. So there are also other gamma beings in this story that we're going to touch on and just the importance of how they interplay with the hulk but uh just going into that uh for his death hawkeye shot him through the head uh because he he asked him to do it if he saw him with green eyes but he didn't so it, it was a messy situation that uh immortal hulk definitely had to press him about later <laughs> yeah yeah forgettable. but but yeah so moving on like we really do have to touch upon the character of bruce banner yeah and as he mentioned the topic of multiple hulk because essentially, like, Hulk is the textbook example of trauma and repressed uh, feelings manifesting into separate personalities. Mm -hmm. You think Moon Knight was bad? No, Hulk was first. Bruh. He was the first one to have it, have that type of distinction. So let's get into it. Let's get into the one. So, okay, yeah, go ahead. So the first one I actually just want to touch upon is the OG, you know, the original, the Savage Hulk. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's the one that you all think of, the Green Hulk. You know, the 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 one that's pretty much you know gets stronger the matter you he gets, and he's potentially the most powerful one. But he has like a childlike mentality because he represents Bruce's childhood mm -hmm. and re represents like all the anger he had as a child, especially against his uh, his op daddy and his, and just everybody else. Bro, I I remember uh, the 2003 Hulk movie and like I it's very vague to me kind of but i didn't know like his mom had like an issue with his dad but like when i read the comic i did not know i didn't recall 
that his dad was that much of an optimal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. he was bananas, just like, so his dad even led to the creation of, well, his dad essentially led to the creation of all his Hulks, but more importantly, and this led to it, the Immortal Hulk, or as it was also called in this, the Devil Hulk. So this Hulk, is it kind of goes back to the roots of the original Bruce Banner, where it's the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde yep. effect of he only comes out at night. So this Hulk only literally comes out at night and he's so he's like really intelligent, very intuitive. He can like speak in full sentences, uh, just smart. And he like seems to always have a plan. And with this, like the Hulk, a lot of regeneration will kind of talk about how the Hulk, he's not invincible, but he is like strong, you know, like in the I say the movies like he can get beat, but like in this one, he's like really, really strong, but he does take L's from time to time. Small, small amount of L's, but yes. uh, but yeah, like in going into that one, let's get into the to the last Hulk. It's actually Joe Fixit, aka the Great Hulk, my favorite Hulk. Yeah. So, thing about him is that he's actually the Hulk that you see in the original Hulk comics, because in the original comics he was gray. And it was only over time due to like printing issues that they turned them green. <laughs> and they actually turned that into a whole story arc wherein which you get the Grey Hulk. And with him, he's basically the most clever of the Hulks. And he's like, he's not as strong as the other Hulks, but as that his mind kind of makes up for it. He's like very witty, he's kind of a uh, crass, he's very uh, rough and tough because he's. He's essentially, a, and he was essentially a gangster in Las Vegas. Yep. And although he was the original Hulk to where you could, he could only come out at night. He was yeah. the original one. Before, Which gets touched on, yeah. Yeah, before the Devil Hulk actually does it. And, and another thing about him is that he represents like what Bruce thought like an actual adult was as a child. So he created that personality in order to essentially like, hey, this is what a real adult should be. And this is how you defend yourself. You know, from watching TV and whatnot, you know, kind of like how WandaVision did it, but but uh, <laughs> as said, Hulk did it better. Yes. So uh, to touch on it, this is going to segue into our recap of the story, but how the Hulks are created, ask me to mention. So that one is created from, Grey Hulk is created from him watching TV, getting an idea of what a man is. <clears throat> then the big guy, Savage Hulk, or Kid Hulk in some cases, he was kind of just Bruce's child, like holding it in. And then the immortal Hulk is kind of birthed from just like his repressed emotions, the rage he felt towards his dad, and also like wanting to have a dad figure in a sense, as we see later in the story. So a lot of this was just like him feeling isolated, especially after his dad killed his mom. And then his dad hated him his entire life, basically. So he called him a monster, a devil. He was like, Bruce, you're way too smart to like be a normal child. So got to get rid of you so and then later on this is how we segue into like the actual mortal hulk storyline we do see that bruce ended up killing his dad yeah so in a prelude essentially what happened was that uh bruce's dad brian banner he ended up murdering his own uh, murdering his wife aka bruce's mother uh just because uh he was going through one of his episodes yes and and then years later and this is where it's kind of messed up. At the grave of of the mother, Bruce and Brian like meet after years apart. You know, like Bruce is an adult at this point. He hadn't become Hulk yet, but like 
it was actually right before he became Hulk. So mm-hmm. that I gotta let you know what his mentality was. So they ended up scrapping getting into fight because that's always on op behavior. And Bruce cracked his goal against uh Tombstone. Against the tombstone. Killing killing Brian instantly. So pretty messed up, pretty dark, but it kind of provided a little bit of catharsis for Bruce. But that trauma kind of stayed with him all the way through to modern day. So yeah to where even in the newest run they they're talking about it Mm -hmm. so yeah but now that we've gotten into basically why bruce is such a damaged figure and a damaged person let's get into let's get into that brief recap yeah so it's time for us to step through the green door and when i was reading this so immortal hulk is a 50 volume run well, original. There are some side stories that you can kind of catch up that I'm actually going to do that on my own time. Uh, so we're just going to stay with the brief run and anything that Meech has to add in for context, he can do that. But I broke it up essentially into three stanzas. That's kind of how I read it. So the first one is the Resurrection and Shadow Base arc, in my opinion. The second one is Worldbreaker Hulk slash Rockshawn and the Minotaur. And then the last one is the Leader, One Below All. So starting with our resurrection arc, essentially we do see Bruce uh, just in, I believe, Arizona, middle of nowhere, and he gets shot by this dude that is robbing a store. So then we do he's dead, like completely dead. So then he resurrects at nighttime, and the immortal Hulk is not having any of that. And Hulk absolutely bodied everybody in the place and broke the kids, like almost all his bones. And so going into there, now we start seeing sightings of Hulk. And what I really appreciate about this story, which I didn't think I would initially, is Jackie McGee, the reporter. So she's a reporter from Arizona, just like newspaper. And she's like, wants the story of the Hulk. She's one of the first people on it. So she's following just the sightings. She wants to find Bruce. She's just talking to people in his past. And we do see early on that when she was a kid, Bruce, well, the Hulk, he ended up destroying her entire town and destroyed her house. And then her dad ended up dying because of the stress of just trying to take care of everybody, take care of everything and just like losing all of that. So she's really traumatized by the Hulk. And this story is personal to her. Oh, yes. Jack McGee is an amazing character, especially since like she was actually originally a uh originally a TV creation from the original Hulk series with Luke Rigno. Wow. And was actually a white guy in that in that show. And to see see it basically translated into a black female, I'm like, yes, more representation, baby. Uh but yeah, like moving on, essentially in that story, uh essentially you see like many different adventures of the Hulk and and just based on how you see see like the different ways he dies against the antagonist and then just resurrects and just bodies everything yes and it calls the question like dang this hulk is like a lot more brutal and a lot more malicious than any of the previous hulk mm-hmm. and calls the question like what is this dude what is his deal and of course over the course of the story you know there's one adventure where he fights all of the avengers and that's where he gets his name of devil hulk yep <laughs> because Thor just got ultimately bodied, and it was kind of wild. <laughs> Didn't he break his jaw? 
No, no, no. He cracked his skull so hard yes. he got a concussion. Lord have mercy. He got a concussion, and that's where he called him. This, this must be the devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then of course there's Shadow Base, where essentially it's just another rogue uh, military operation, similar to how Thunderbolt Ross was back in the day, and it was held by General Fortin and how mm-hmm. he wanted to, you know, capture the Hulk, you know, kill him slash recreate him get multiple powers and all all that hoopla yeah but at the but in the back of all this is the sort of like basically the one below all and like its machinations for hulk and how and how every single gamma related being started seeing this green door and started coming back to life Mm -hmm. and that's where you start getting like multiple characters who were dead coming back to life yes so with that uh, touching into the first arc, essentially Hulk returns and Shadowbase General Fortian, who is essentially a disciple of Thunderbolt Ross. He really respects him. And turns out Thunderbolt Ross like dies in the storyline. Uh, from the main comic run, I didn't see it. I don't know if there's like a side that explains it. Yes, he actually was killed in a Captain America comic um, where uh, I don't know like what the details of it was. Uh, I think he was like killed by some Nazi organization to frame Cap. So, yeah. Okay. R.I.P. So we see that Ross is gone in this storyline, and he doesn't actually resurrect, which was interesting. Um, For just going from there to kind of cover into it, we do see that uh, the Avengers are like, no, you cannot run free. So they gang up on him in Iowa as he's just kind of minding his business, and a fight ensues, and he's like, really handling his own of course and like meech mentioned this isn't the blind rage hulk this is a focused violence which is scarier than all of that so in that when he's actually absolutely beating all the avengers and he like knocks jen like miles away but this is after he like says that oh you're actually a hulk too you understand what i'm going through and it kind of like breaks her mentally because she uh, recover once she she woke up from a coma i believe and then found out that bruce was dead so like a lot of that is this like trauma that she's going through but essentially they hit him with the the power of the sun and destroy the entire town like eviscerates him this is what i mean by like he's not invincible because they turn him into like bones yeah. charred bones because essentially as they like the daytime is his weakness so the sun is one of his weaknesses mm-hmm. and one of the craziest scenes that i remember seeing before i actually like read the storyline was when they're in shadow base so since the hulk can regenerate they split him up into multiple pieces and i don't mean like they keep an entire arm over here an entire leg over here i mean they cut his head off they take out his organs they put one hand in one jar they put another hand in a different jar they put like his feet in different jars they t- like it's incredible like he's split up but he's still conscious the entire time and so like this one scientist is just talking trash to him and but he doesn't notice that uh hulk is like tra- with one of his fingers knocking over the the jar that it's in and everything falls apart and he recombines but the scientist gets swallowed so it's kind of like an old man logan oh no no this was this was worse than that uh this is not a way for for a man to go out like i i would not wish that on anybody basically you got absorbed into the hulk and his whole arm was sticking out of the hulk's chest and hulk was just looking down like eh 
Just another another body part. Yeah. What I what I really um enjoyed the second time for my reread was like that I knew that she probably appreciated was there was a very Lovecraftian uh feel to this immortal hole. You you show right. I mean you Especially got, when we get into the second arc. Yeah, you got like an unknowable entity known as the one below all. There's also the fact that uh again the Hulk is killed in like gruesome fashions, uh and then and then revived in also horrific fashion. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, just just none but Lovecraft in, in 2018. Okay. Yeah. And so just to kind of wrap up this arc, so essentially we see that we have to introduce uh, Alpha slash Gamma Flight. So it's like a team of people. It was originally headed by Captain Marva at the time, but during the course of the storyline, she kind of faded out of the leadership role. But we see a Walter Langowski, who's the Sasquatch. He was Bruce's roommate in college, and he also has like Hulk-like powers. And so he hooks up with Jackie McGee, where she's looking for him. And in this storyline, Jackie finally does get to meet Bruce and the Immortal Hulk. A fight ensues because Sasquatch gets taken over by, at the time, we don't know who's in his body because he dies and then comes back through the green door. So essentially, with Walter, they ha- he fights the Sasquatch, and we learn that Bruce's dad is in... He walked through the green door and took over uh, the Sasquatch aspect of Walter. So then a fight ensues, and since the Hulk can absorb Gamma... He ends up absorbing all the gamma, depowering Walter, but he also takes in his the spirit of his dad. So he goes to the original location where he uh, first got his powers through the gamma bomb, ends up fighting like the absorbing man who is on crack. And oh my gosh, that fight! Like he he split it like it's hard to describe, but it's essentially like he's fighting a, a spine in a head. Yeah, so essentially like he. Because he became Gamma uh, too, he also gets possessed, and in his possession, like his body literally splits vertically. Think of the thing in the original movie, how like the body just splits apart, and all you see is this man's spine and brain, and like maybe a couple sharp teeth, and that's about it. And he just keeps going. I'm just like, sir. (laughs) Yes. So in this arc, after Hulk. He doesn't really defeat them, but going into it, they all die, in a sense, and they enter what amounts to hell. So, if you want to cover that part. Oh, yeah. So, basically, in Gamma Hell, uh, this is where, like, you start seeing a lot of deceased characters who are Gamma-based. And a thing about it is that they all, like, are emaciated. They, like, basically just, just huff. And with like no eyes in there, so like Jackie ends up seeing her father there, who and they all like start muttering just one specific phrase. Mm-hmm. Like for example, you see like Rick Jones there, who we know is like is the Hulk's best friend, who was also gamma powered. He was a bomb, mm-hmm. and like he kept saying like, "No, Hulk is a good guy. Hulk's a good guy. Hulk is my pal and whatnot." And essentially like this this book this world was just horrifying because like when they get into basically hell hulk and banner split so like they are separated because brian banner ended up separating them because uh essentially brian banner was also being controlled yes. by the one below all and we kept saying the one below all. one below all is essentially the devil uh beyond mephisto 
Yes, yes. He's actually more powerful than Mephisto as stated in two like side comics, which you definitely should read and I'll recommend them. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, like he's more so like he's more powerful than them and then Mephisto and and like his plan was just for Banner to like basically be the gateway to where the one below all can come through and run roughshod on the entire world mm -hmm. and the universe. So yeah, so like they're there. Uh, Hulk is also emaciated because of the fact that Devil Hulk, he's like, he's separated from Banner. So he doesn't have like all of his strength. Right. But, uh, but of course, like Hulk, like he gets it back uh, through, through sheer rage and willpower. <laughs> yeah. Man's literally too angry to die. And, and like they all essentially like they beat the one blow all back. And and you get a real touching moment between Bruce and the Devil Hulk in there. Yeah, um, it's oh yeah, this is so sweet. Like he, uh, we see a lot of time when Bruce does die, the Immortal Hulk comes back slash Devil Hulk, and then he says, "If you hurt Banner, I take it personal," which is like something that recurs a long time, and it's really cool. But Bruce, he's like so damaged, just like with his dad. Uh, because in, in this he gets possessed and just like he sees things and he's just like I don't want to go I just want to die I want it to end and the double Hulk is like I love you kid and it's a really touching moment just to see him say that so they come back and then we get into our next arc which is what I would like to call the world breaker Roxxon and Minotaur arc so with this when he comes back he essentially wants to end the world but it's not in the way that a lot of people think so he comes back with his own manifesto uh he's like yo i'm about to destroy human society and all that and people are like oh so we have to look out for the hulk but he also has like a cult following that starts to build up during this time which is really cool and in this arc he does return to betty who is being watched by shadow base and she's really hurt because not the fact that he uh, returned. Well, the fact that he killed himself, it's the fact that he killed himself. And when he returned, he didn't reach out to her. Uh, so she just feels betrayed by that because, you know, Bruce is just like, you know, he does a thing. He's the protagonist, lone protagonist kind of uh, trope that they go with. Even when married. Yes. And from there, uh, when they have the conversation, they visit Betty actually dies. She gets shot straight through the head because the cyborg doesn't know the difference between them and thermal vision, and he wasn't supposed to shoot. But she dies, and the Hulk loses his absolute mind, of course. And then we get the return of Doc Sampson. Oh, yes. Uh, so essentially, Doc Sampson, another uh, gamma-powered character. He's, but he's kind of like you know the biblical Sampson, where his hair is his power. Uh, so if he has long hair, he has strength comparable to Hulk and he's there basically like, and he's also a therapist. So his main thing is like him trying to like, not only calm Hulk down, but also get to the root of like, why? It's like, what's, what you on to my boy? Uh, Cause they've been friends for like a long time. And also you kind of neglect to mention this for a bit, but, uh, of course, like Betty gets shot and she did. Right. But here's the thing. She was at one time the Red She-Hulk, mm -hmm. spoiler alert, and for like a 20 plus year story. And also, <laughs> and also the fact that one time she was actually mutated into a Gamma Harpy. So when she dies and comes back, uh. she becomes a Red Harpy and good googling movie. <laughs> red Harpy is the monstrosity. A sight to behold. 
like lord have mercy but uh but yeah so like she comes back and and like of course hulk he's basically like he's basically trying to like well samson is basically trying to get to the root of like hulk's issues mm-hmm. which as a therapist you definitely should be doing yes especially for a super damaged person like him but that's where you get like his true motivation and what immortal hulk really wants to do for society Yes. So wrapping up the Shadowbase arc, essentially Shadowbase brings back the body of Rick Jones and they do something really sick. So they mold him with the abomination Emil Blonsky, who is dead at the time. And it's like a super abomination. And so with that, just to kind of fast forward, abomination tracks down at the time, I believe it's Joe Fixit. Yeah, we see Joe Fixit returns, but he can only be in Bruce's form. So Joe Fixit is human. They have a uh abomination kills a few people then immortal hulk comes back and he gets absolutely bodied by abomination and like because abomination has like this essentially xenomorph saliva that he like pukes on people and causes you to melt and this is when we like really really see harpy but she comes and she takes his heart out and eats it i'm talking about the hulk she kills the hulk and eats his heart and oh my gosh, that was just a, a wild scene. So then he comes back, but she does that to the Savage Hulk. So Immortal Hulk comes back, then he gets his get back on the Abomination. And he's like, yo, don't do that again, because we're going to have problems. So just with that, then General Fortean, he becomes the Abomination. And then he essentially dies as well with that. So this is kind of where I'm talking about the Roxxon arc. Hulk becomes the leader of Shadowbase. And something that's also important that happened in the first arc is that there was this kid who died, but his because his dad injected him with gamma. And so he's essentially a radiation. Is it like the gamma man radiation kid? He's, well, he doesn't really have an official name. Unofficially, you could say like he's called the walking ghost because like that's essentially what that chapter was called. Okay. But uh but yeah, so like essentially this kid's like he was basically still alive and he was taken in by a rock son mm-hmm. and he's com- at this time completely just gamma being that's in a tube so when hulk gives his manifesto we see this really cool scene where he talks to Amidius cho where bruce banner talks to him and he's just like hey if you really want to destroy the world i'm gonna have to check you but he's like i do believe you're still a good guy bruce and that's kind of the last time we see him, which I, I just really respected that they really gave Bruce that time in this comic. We do see a brief Namor run, which is really interesting, considering the fact that Wakanda Forever is about to come out. So, so that was really cool. So with this, we see the Minotaur, who is the most out-of-pocket character in this entire story. All right, let's get into him. Let's get into the Minotaur and what type of op activity this man is on. So essentially, he is the head of Roxxon, and he did so many out of pocket things, not just in an Immortal Hulk, but also he created Weapon H, who is a uh, who's literally the Hulk merged with Wolverine. But uh, but we, we're not getting into that guy. He 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 a whole separate uh, character and issue. But essentially, like what he does is. He gets this uh, character called Zimnu. Now, Zimnu was actually called the Living Hulk in the, his like original debut. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he's trying to get his Hulk identity back and trying to get that run back. And Zimnu came out before Bruce Banner Incredible Hulk did. So, so yeah, he is a throwback. Um, and, like, essentially, like, he comes in and Zimnu, he's, like hypnotizing people to basically say like all right 
Bruce Banner Hulk is pure evil and, and essentially I'm the good guy. I'm the OG Hulk. I'm the one that's the Avenger and he's kind of running roughshod on the entire, entire planet and of course Bruce Flash Hulk got a problem with that. Mm-hmm. So Hulk decided to go run the pockets and pockets got ran. Especially <laughs> to the Minotaur. <laughs> yes. So just kind of in this interlay, this is where the Immortal Hulk gets kind of locked away. Uh, and Savage Hulk really steps up because in that Bruce as well as the Immortal Hulk get hypnotized and in their mindscape, uh, Immortal Hulk gets locked away. And this is where I, I really thought of the Lovecraftian. So Minotaur, he releases like four Lovecraftian monster beings that all the Gamma Flight slash Shadow Base and the Hulks have to fight, which was an incredible scene. So one of them was literally named Lovecraft. Yeah, so so right on the nose. What I actually, about the Minotaur that was out of pocket, he did this thing where he would, he, this is a big giant being people, and he like sips out of these teacups, and every time he finishes it, he smashes it. Well, he just crushes it in his skull. <laughs> but then he goes up to people who annoy him and he just grabs them by their head and just squishes their head. It's so out of pocket. He didn't have to do that. Yeah, but he, he's the ruler of Roxxon. He does what he wants. So, yeah, that's just, yeah, but he gets eaten by Zenmu, which is a wild scene. And in this, so we do see that Hulk ultimately gets his come up in. Well, ultimately gets his get back on the Minotaur and all that. But this is where it starts to just like shift in the story. We see the reintroduction of the leader. Oh boy. All right. Samuel Stern's little leader decided to come back to the fold. And he had uh, special machinations. And that is access the green door and uh, essentially like usurp Brian Banner as the avatar of the one below all. And uh, unfortunately, he succeeds, but uh, but not in the way he wanted to. Because mm-hmm. instead of just becoming the Avatar, he literally becomes the just becomes the one below all. Like the one below all takes over his body. Yes, yes, this is absolutely wild. Um, so I hadn't seen. I knew who the leader was, but I hadn't seen too many comic book storylines with him in it. And this was just like such a great introduction. The fact that he's going to be in. In some capacity, Captain America 4 is very interesting to me. I'm not sure what that's going to look like, uh, but that should hopefully be interesting. So then we see in this arc, Devil Hulk, since he's locked away, he gets killed in this just like really sad scene where um, all the Hulks are locked away in Bruce's mindscape and Stearns is the strongest, essentially. And so they finally get free because... uh, he's essentially taking over three different bodies and he can't control it because he's it's all at once so if one place gets interfered with then it interferes with his link and so immortal hulk is beating him but these kid hulk essentially big guy he holds him back his he just wants his daddy to love him and so that's kind of how he views the leader and this ends up getting the devil hulk killed all right pizza ruined because the because of the fact that like that the leader or that the leader in one below all's body was essentially like he manipulated himself to shape shift it to look like brian banner that's why yeah that's why the the savage hulk kind of reacted the way he did mm-hmm. and and like the devil hulk like in his true most powerful form like he he was giving him the 
business. Absolutely. Yeah. So in this form, he has scales and he's like lizard like uh, and like actually scary where in the normal form, he's just like a bigger Hulk. So that's some context. But yeah. So yeah. So like as an RIP to a real one, Immortal Hulk was not the villain of the story. He was actually probably the true hero. And with that, because of the because Devil Hulk's dead, Bruce Banner ends up uh, losing control, is losing his body as well, because he gets captured in in the old Gamma Hell. Yeah. So because of that, there was no one else to control the to control Bruce's body other than Joe Fix It. Mm-hmm. So essentially, Joe Fix It was in control of Bruce's body the entire time until he hulks out, where Savage Hulk takes control. Yes, and it was really cool, like. And this, uh, so Bruce is completely held hostage, and what happens to him is horrible. Uh, so, so with this, uh, they do fight another set of ops who are the UFOs, who are very familiar comic book villains, and they're boosted with cosmic rays, which is kind of like not the opposite, but it's a counterforce to uh, Bruce's gamma rays, and they absolutely body Hulk because he doesn't have his powers; he's really weak at the time. And after they body him, Joe Fixit is able to get his uh, Hulk powers back. So in the mindscape, he becomes Red Hulk. But when he's out of it, he's able to become Gray Hulk. And with that, we see a lot of different deaths that occur. Uh, again, you can just kind of read the comic for yourself. It's kind of, it's such a complex and good storyline to get into every aspect of it. But when he's when he comes back, uh, he's free. He beats them. He manages to escape. And we do see a scene with him in the thing who have, like, the rivalry of the century. Oh, yes, yes. Of course, you know, like, Thing is always wanting to try to prove he he's stronger than the Hulk. It's a tale as old as time. It's a rivalry as old as time. It's the Goku and Vegeta of Hulksness. Yes. With, uh, Hulk being, he's the Vegeta personality with the strength of Goku while... Uh, mm-hmm. Well, thing is the exact opposite, <laughs> uh, and and he gets bodied every time. Yes, but uh, but yeah. So essentially, like this is just the case where like the thing was like French had like a good tenuous friendship in mm-hmm. this one because he understands like kind of what Joe Fixit is doing and what he's like going through because Joe Fixit he's just like trying to like all right we need to like gather as many heroes as possible right and we need to go rescue Bruce. Because that's what he's caring about right now is rescuing Bruce and and then also him seeing the Savage Hulk act like a little child and not actually hurting and going out and hurting people like a mortal Hulk was uh, kind of out of pocket doing. Mm-hmm. That's what caused him to like turn around and like see him as like a good character. Yeah, and the reason that people are after the Hulk again is because the leader, he was in Rick Jones' body this entire time who also had a weird body transformation but he was the Hulk was getting rewarded and he set and the leader set off a gamma explosion, which killed a lot of people and everyone blamed the Hulk for it. So that's kind of like what set off how why everyone is after him again. So after meeting the thing, we then get into a Avengers part two fight. So, all right. So with this, so essentially what actually comes into play is the fact that some of that just got like introduced in this comic was the fact that like, gamma radiated people like they can spread kind of like their anger and infect other people uh-huh. which actually gets more expanded on in the next run but uh but essentially like his like bruce's anger and his gamma field anger was infecting the avengers making them not think clearly 
especially Thor, who at the time was trying to get his run back, and uh, yeah. and they all decided to just go after Hulk. And th- again, Joe fixed it. He was just like, "Bruh, stop, chill, just stop, <laughs> chill, chill out, chill out, chill out." <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's like a classic case of like, hey, you push the right buttons, you mm-hmm. going it's like you mess around, you find out. Yes. <laughs> and the Avengers found out real quick. Yeah, so I like how you mentioned the gamma spreading because it does get slightly teased with Walter early on, where when he uh dies the first time and his dad enters the body, but it kind of gets slightly touched upon more here and then as you said explained later so then gamma flight uh gamma flight steps into the fray along with shadow base so with gamma flight just to kind of give the character since we're going to touch on it later we have puck uh who you can kind of explain later i don't know too much about him titania who is much different than the she-hulk version absorbing man who is now free from shadow base's influence and then also doc samson and then harpy is there to help and fight the avengers and in it this chapter is told from part of this chapter is told from uh jen's perspective so she hulk and she understands what uh their issue is because she has seen the green door as well so in this fight oh my gosh i remember betty made her choose uh because bruce uh it was he got attacked by black panther and like essentially ran through with a spear and harpy was going to step in to help but she then looks at uh jen and then she makes uh jen do the hulk sonic clap and then they all leave yep yep it was like what you gonna choose your your blood family or your avengers family what you gonna choose and of course she chose correctly uh, with the gamma family and with that like now with like hulk basically freed and, and essentially, like, all Gamma Flight, essentially, essentially, like, Gamma Flight, Shadow Base, or at least what's left of it, yeah. along with, like, all these heroes, they're, they're all together, and they're now able to, like, all right, we now have a plan, and we're now able to go uh, take care of things. But before that, you have, like, a really kind of heartbreaking scene between Red Harpy and Joe Fix-It, mm-hmm. where essentially, like, Essentially, that marriage gets breaking broken up because of the fact that Joe essentially bears out his soul to Betty, mm-hmm. who's in her red harpy form, basically speaking on behalf of Bruce. But Betty's like having none of it because of all the times that like they, all the times that Bruce has like left her, all the times that like he's basically hurt her like emotionally, mm-hmm. and in like one specific comic actually physically. Uh, so essentially, like she just leaves, yeah, as she's apt to do. It was sad because, like, it was after <laughs> after they were intimate in their uh, Hulk forms. But it's crazy. We'll touch on it in the character interactions, but in it, Betty doesn't reveal her normal self to Bruce, but she does show it to Joe and all the other people. So whenever Bruce sees her, she's always the harpy. But sometimes she turns it off, and. You saw that she was coming around to Joe Fix It, but when he said that he left Bruce in hell, she you saw how much she still cares about Bruce, and then she took off, which was sad. So then just transitioning, uh, we all learning that She-Hulk, she used to be a member of the Fantastic Four. She uses that connection, but all the Avengers are there, ready to pull up on them. And so I really like this scene because this chapter, it's the penultimate chapter. It's told from the perspective of Jackie McGee. And she's talking about the anger that the 
uh, the Avengers feel as soon as Hulk walks through the door. And then she also touches on that out of all the people that could understand the Hulk, the Fantastic Four are maybe the only ones because they too were exposed to radiation in an accident that they couldn't control. And when they came back, they were mostly viewed as monsters, especially the thing. So like out of all the people that could understand the Hulk, the Fantastic Four are among those people. So with that, they create, well, they use this forever gate and Jackie and Joe fix it, step into the, through the gate and they go to Gamma Hell. With this, the Savage Hulk and Joe fix it split and then it's on to the final arc. Ooh, the final fight, boys and girls. So with that, uh, basically like Joe fix it and and Savage Hulk, they both go and essentially fight the leader. They free Bruce and they essentially take out uh they take out the leader. They take him out, put him six behind, they they put him on a t-shirt. Um and and with that comes probably the biggest moment where Savage Hulk, because the one below all just appears before them. Yeah. And then like Joe Fix it comes to the realization, like, hold on, there's something about you right mm-hmm. i because i know this because of the fact like i know i'm a hulk you are just a manifestation of pure rage in itself show your true face one above all when that reveal happened my jaw dropped i was stunned especially just like even the image of it was just like whoa because it's like one panel and it's just like light and the crazy thing is that they when they look upon the one below all's face, they don't see what like what we physically see. They see like their loved ones, like essentially like parents is like what Jackie sees. She sees the face of her mom. Joe sees like his uh boss leader in when he was in Vegas at the time, who was like a dad to him. And then even just Savage Hulk is just scared to look upon its face. And they ask why. Why is Hulk Hulk? Why is Hulk feeling pain? Why do I have to suffer like this? And it's very Book of Job inspired, clearly from this. And the one below it all is just like, yo, like, I don't know why you're asking me that. Like, where you? And so this kind of that ties into like the intro of this show, where it's just like it's the one below all is asking questions of who are you to question me? Yeah, yeah, bro. Because. Essentially, like, hey, one above all is essentially God in the Marvel verse, and literally God. Yeah, he he is God, and he does exactly what God did in the Book of Job, where like he just says, "Hey, listen, all this is part of like my, my machinations. is It's all part of my plans, and I know like if there's one person who could take it all, it'd be you. And you like you have the strength to not only face all these pain, all these obstacles, but also have the ability to overcome it." And I'm just here thinking like, dang, that's real. Yeah. And just even in this final chapter, there is like an interlay of a story in the flashback where it talks about Stern's background. And then we do see that the Stern's and the Banners have some kind of connection from century ago, which is really crazy to think about. Yeah, and that's actually expanded in a, in like one of the actually the same side issue that I mentioned previously. Mm-hmm. Again, like I'll, I'll recommend it to y'all uh, eventually. But uh, but yeah, so like with that, you eventually you also see like like basically Banner, Banner, Savage Hulk and Joe Fixes, they all just basically like they're like 
they came to an agreement they finally like got over one another and they're all like on the same page on the same wavelength and the first thing they do is offer forgiveness to samuel stearns which was crazy that was such a beautiful scene yeah and and with that they they end up like after accepting they all go through the gate they come back and it's a touching narration just about this, this narration is actually coming from Bruce's perspective right. and how he essentially is like, hey, I went through all of this nonsense, all of this crap, but today's like a new day. Today's a new dawn and a new beginning. And let me take this one day at a time and see where it leads. And that wraps up one of the greatest storylines of all time. Uh, so with that, we can get into just the character breakdown. What I loved about the story is that the monster returned. And we'll talk about slight MCU things, but they let the Hulk be the Hulk. And just like the connection between just like, oh, I'm a troubled, traumatized individual and this being and you see that the old other hulks have their own baggage beyond i'm just an angry monster and yeah even just the double hulk wow yeah and and like with that you also get like the r which displays like just so much gruesome detail and i just love the the writer for the series because he just he just gave it like he just let you know just how much of a demon how much of a monster the hulk truly is and it brings him right back to form with how he was depicted in the original comics, as you said, like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, with Mr. Hyde being a whole monster. Mm -hmm. And of course, like as you said, like over the years, especially with MCU stuff, Hulk being treated more like a heroic character. This one, he's kind of more muddled. Yeah. He's more gray, if you will. <laughs> yeah. But it's And there is this we we didn't have time to touch on it but there is like one chapter where it gets into world breaker hulk where hulk is the only being at the end of the universe and he essentially searches for any other light in the universe and destroys that light it's like a not necessarily a side story but it's like a what if in a sense and it kind of touches on the monster aspect of it so even with this there's a lot of parallelism and duality through the story which i really loved with just like gray hulk and then savage hulk big guy where he does have that kid-like personality so that's that was just beautiful mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and when it comes to and now let's get into like some of the parallelism some of the duality within the story just just basically how like with the hulk there's like two aspects of them it's like hey like, when it came to the Immortal Hulk, he kept talking about, like, destroying the world, when in reality, like, he's actually saving it by doing kind of heinous activities by, as these claims, like, the I'm destroying the human world mm -hmm. and just how human society basically is in comparison to, like, what, in comparison, like, what real nature is yeah so again destroy the world or save it it was a question that the one above all asked and and before each chapter there is a quote or a saying or a verse that ties into that chapter and it's like just really deep so i really like that aspect of it and just even everyone has a hulk like when it ended i was kind of just like whoa even the one above all has a hulk so that's just wild to get into so for our next part we're going to get into the interactions with the other characters 
So yeah, when it comes to interacting with like different characters and just how real it is, we, we got to start off with his wife, Betty, because like that one is just a heartbreaking like love story, tragedy, if you will, because like with this, like, you know, this woman thought her husband was dead for years mm-hmm. or years, at least in terms of like comic publication, but like who knows like how long it was between when he died and when he was resurrected. But, like, he was dead for a long time. He came back. And as you mentioned, like, he never got in contact with her until just then. When he's like, oh, hey. Like, she probably, like, already saw on the news that, like, Hulk was already wilding out. Right. And, like, the the fights that he had with the Avengers. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, that was truly heartbreaking. And how, like, basically, like, with her whole, like, all of her, like, internal resentment for Bruce in that moment. All of her internal, like, resentment with herself. Like, that created the Red Hulk red harpy personality yeah and it's crazy because like when you first see her she like she does want to slap him but then she kisses him and they do talk it out and like you see the love between them and there is hurt but like they're working through it and then once she becomes red harpy after dying it's just like that split happens and it almost becomes irreconcilable like every time bruce talks to her she's red harpy and he, he literally can't look at her. He's like, please just turn back to Betty. And she's like, this is me. This is my true face. And yeah, for other characters, she becomes uh, Betty again. And that's just like really hard to watch, especially like leading up to them leaving because sometimes like, yeah, you do have love between two people and it just doesn't work for whatever reason. Yep, yep. I don't want to get into that part, but uh <laughs> yeah. But let's and speaking of, let's move on to Doc Sampson, a, a real one. Um, yes, the the therapist who who like always just wants to like listen to the Hulk, always throws them provocative questions of why, and always is there to like essentially provide Hulk that uh that level of humanity, if yeah. you will, asking all the tough questions. I really love because again, like with this, I I haven't read too many Hulk comics, but seeing doc sampson like him and like immortal hulk just the conversations they were having were so high level Mm -hmm. and he genuinely he genuinely cared about the Hulk. like it wasn't because like in uh the halloween series where loomis and then also whoever the dude was after loomis in the reboot certain yeah where it's just like you're an experiment to me and i'm trying to like figure out what's going on and if i solve you this like this my career or like oh it's a scientific marvel this was like yo i'm really trying to help you bruce and it's like okay you're not bruce you're the immortal hulk okay immortal hulk let me talk to you okay you're joe fix it okay joe fix it let me address you uh savage hulk okay let me talk to you big guy like he addressed each altar as like them and he wasn't just like trying to fix it a lot so i loved it he was like so involved with that there's a lot of body switching which again kind of goes into the lovecraftian aspect that i know you had to love and Speaking of which, someone who switched bodies was Walter, his uh, friend from college, also Sasquatch. Yep, because uh, Sasquatch and Doc Sampson end up getting their body switched to where now you get uh, Doc Sasquatch and uh, Walter Sampson. <laughs> and like with that one, right, uh, Samp- like Walter is yeah, he's college roommates with Bruce. Like he, he was just like a genuinely good guy. And then he opened the green door and uh, and boom, came out uh, the demon Tanarag, which bonded with him and became Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. And Sasquatch was essentially just, uh, as I said, like a savage, uh, just a savage, hairy, 
hairy version of Hulk. Yeah, Canadian version. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, yes. You can't forget that. Pretty much almost all the members of Alpha Flight are Canadian superheroes. Did not know that. Okay. Yep, they were all Canadian. Um, and, and yes, like, with that, like, you get to just see, like, Walter basically, like, because in the story, right, he, uh, it was basically revealed that, like, he was Sasquatch for so long, there were periods where he'd be, you'd, like, he'd be Sasquatch for, like, months, mm-hmm. years at a time, and then, like, you barely see Walter, and when he transformed into Walter, it'd be tough for him to even do so, which is kind of, kind of wild. It's like, huh, what's the real Walter? Is it the, is it the Sasquatch, or is it the human? Yeah. Which is kind of a question that's brought up a lot with Hulk. And it's interesting, he doesn't actually interact with Bruce a lot in this uh, storyline, but he is like a force that kind of helps uh, guide Jackie along. He also, when he takes over Doc Sampson, he's, huh, let me, yeah, when he takes over Doc Sampson, he goes to the Fantastic Four and helps them kind of figure out the Forever Gate to actually locate the Gamma Hell, in a sense, which is really cool. Like, he's a really help. And he, like, again, cares about Bruce. It's really good to see a storyline where people care about Bruce. So now we get into one of our favorite characters, Jacqueline McGee, and just her storyline, she was like, it wasn't, she was here at the beginning, and then she hopped in, and she was almost in every chapter, every storyline that mattered. As like a story reporter, we see her just like healing through it, and When she first sees Bruce, she cannot look him in the eye because that's what her dad tells her. Don't look the Hulk in the eye. So when Bruce is in his normal form after uh, Sasquatch gets killed, she doesn't look at him. Then when he turns into the mortal Hulk, she doesn't look at him. And then Hulk is like, yo, what's up with you? Like, I know it's personal. And she she tells him the story. And then she really, if we did awards for you was really spitting, she was spitting about the rage thing. Where it's just like, it's okay for you to be angry and you get rewarded for it to an extent, as the Hulk, where I have to suppress my rage a lot. I want to be like you. Um, How do I become a Hulk? And so just with that, she she's she's like a helpful hand. Like she really wants the story, but the story isn't key to like why she's helping a lot or like just sticking around because she could she could have left at any time she wanted to. And then we do see she has gamma powers where she can see and she's one of she plays a key role against the one below all. And then also a touching tribute where uh, Joe Fixit apologizes to her, which was, yeah, incredible. Yeah, Jack is an incredible character. And her speech is kind of like what inspired that She-Hulk speech in the first episode mm. when it talked about like, hey, women can't get angry and whatnot, but done way more like poignantly in this in this story here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's move on to to Rick Jones, a.k.a. the the man that Bruce saved in that uh explosion that turned him into the hulk Mm -hmm. and with that like rick jones was always there for bruce whenever whenever things were he was kind of like his sidekick if you will like his it was his version of bucky yeah if bucky couldn't fight but uh (laughs) but yeah like of course over time rick jones also got gamma powers and it's also great to like see like their buddy buddy relationship and how essentially like rick jones always kind of like emotionally kept like hulk back like emotionally kept him from going off the deep end a lot of times yeah and it's usually the stories where he's not involved that's when the hulk is kind of goes spiraling out of control mm-hmm. like an immortal hulk <laughs> at the beginning so because like at that time rick jones was dead because of secret empire and nazi cap yeah. uh, and can i get into that one but 
But yeah, so Rick Jones just fantastic character. Yeah, Rick kind of gets the short end of the stick in this because he's not Rick a lot in this storyline, or at least I don't know when he the delineation occurs because the leader does take him over, and then when the leader is out of his body, Rick Jones is uh, uh mutated b- beyond belief. So, so so that's one thing to say. And then for the fantastic part, we kind of touched on it with just like them being able to understand. So now we turn our ops op alert on and we get into the relationships with the ops. All right. So let's start off with General Fortian, a.k.a. the disciple of uh, disciple of uh, General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, a.k.a. one of a.k.a. Hulk's biggest op. Um, this man actually like had a pretty fantastic, pretty interesting journey uh, or like an interesting like villain decay where he always like talk about like you know like god and like control and chaos and then over time you start seeing him decay more into the chaos side of things mm-hmm. especially because like especially as like he's seeing like Hulk go out of control and he start taking more desperate and more desperate measures such as bonding with the abomination suit becoming yes. the new abomination I'm like bruh bruh why did you have to do a brother like this that was, wow he, he was he was doing too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was just up. Uh, and essentially, the first 12 to 15 volumes, he's like the main villain in that. Going from there, I put the UFOs next just because, like, they are a popular villain and they absolutely bodied the Hulk in this one. So, yeah, and actually, the name of the UFOs, UFOs, okay, yeah, yeah, not the UFOs, they're not you, they're not un- un- unknown flying objects, but uh. <laughs> Well, actually, one of them technically could, but uh, but yeah, but yeah. So like, they pretty much just are there specifically to body Hulk and give Joe Fixit uh cosmic ray powers mm-hmm. to give him his strength. Since he's just like that gateway uh, in order to, they're like a gateway villain. Mm-hmm. Is there usually a dash in their name? Right. Yeah, it's like you dash. Okay, that's what I. That's what messed me up. UFOs. So then Avengers, where we see they fight them twice, and whew, sun rays. <laughs> yep. Yep. Not. Not much more we can say about the Avengers, cause uh, you know who they is. Mm-hmm. So going from there. I'll go Alpha Gamma Flight first, uh, just because they played a much bigger role than I thought they would. They popped up real early again. Titania who is in a relationship with the Absorbing Man, and then also Puck is really just like the main ones. Also, Captain Marvel's in there for the first fight mm-hmm. with the Hulk, but then she's no longer, she's more Avenger than uh, Alpha Flight. Yeah, like Gamma Flight is an, an amazing, like they, they're they less like villains and more like the antagonists of the story. Well, right. they started off as antagonists and then become allies towards the end. Yep. So much so that they get their own like little mini series afterwards. Yeah. And Gamma Flight, like, like they're all like amazing characters, especially Puck, because Puck he just he's just the jolly one. He's kind yeah. of like the heart of the group, and over time, like you start seeing more and more of that, to where like even villains like Titania and Absorbing Man slowly change and becoming more akin to like heroic, like anti-heroes mm-hmm. type of characters. Um, but yeah, great people, great people. Yeah, because I would like that chapter where it's the Absorbing Man who ac- accidentally opens the green door into the real world, and then Puck is the one that reaches out to him and offers him like salvation. a chance. Yeah, salvation in a sense. So again, duality within the story. Going to the next one, we have we'll, we'll save the leader for last, but Minotaur, Wild and Out. I thought they were gonna get a one on one, but 
I liked how they did do it. Oh no, nah, that's because of the fact that uh, that that he actually had to play a key role in the War of the Realms event, the Thor event that ah, came yes. right after the Immortal Hulk. So, okay. so he or like actually that was like right in the middle because it, it was like within the Venom event too as well. Yeah, it's like it was like right in the middle, so he he couldn't get taken out, but uh. Man, he he show got messed up. I'm just saying that. Next one, the leader. Wow. So with the leader, essentially they do do a storyline where it's kind of like he as Sam Stearns and the leader, they keep dying over and over. And it's just like this when you're so smart, they're like battling themselves for intelligence. And like he's figuring out the green door, like where he can manipulate it, where he's within the gamma hell. And he's looking through three different people's green doors and he can access it. And it's so wild to control them. Like and just him being one of the biggest villains to the Hulk is Really incredible how they told his story. Oh yeah, and he actually gets touched on slightly more in the Immortal She-Hulk one shot, where in which like he, as you mentioned, like he can look through multiple people's like gamma doors, but he can also turn them off mm. to where they turn into red doors. And like once you go through the red door, you can't come back. So essentially, death is permanent again. And because hey, green means go. You can come and go as you please. Once you red, you stop and you stuck. Um, and that was kind of like one of Jennifer Walters, like her main struggles, which was being afraid of death because of the fact that, that he turned hers off. And that's why like, you never saw her like resurrect throughout the entirety of the Hulk story. That's true. Um, but yeah, like he's a phenomenal villain. Like that's why he's categorized as one of his best villains, especially in the show Mm -hmm. or like in the cartoon series and whatnot. Yes. And I'm really excited to see like him come back. But let's, I hope they give it to him in his full glory. Yeah, but let's get into the biggest op of all, the the man who is below. The op below all. The op below all. <laughs> I, I don't know what the what what the end goal was for the one below all. Like I was just trying to understand it. Um, that was like the one thing that I found was difficult. Um, especially towards the end, where it's just like show me your true face, and then he became uh the one above all, where. I guess it was just control and taking over in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, just take over. Essentially, like that that one off scenario that you mentioned. That what if? Basically, that was his end goal, which is okay. take over Hulk and give her the entire cosmos and uh, and then restart it all again. Okay. That makes sense. So for the next part, what we always like to touch on in our character studies is relatability. And with this, something that was super relatable was the healing from your past and forgiving those that have wronged you. So again, we touched on Bruce's trauma. We touched on Jackie's trauma. Even the leader, uh, again, there's like kind of a one shot where it talks about his story, how he came to be in control of the green door. And then also the backstory with him and the Banner family previously. Um, So just with that, I thought it was super relatable where it's just like Jackie was really hurt by the whole like essentially her dad died because of the stress of the Hulk and to be in so many chapters standing right next to him and to be helping him this entire time. And like, you didn't see any hate in her heart towards the Hulk. Essentially. She was scared of him. Don't get it wrong. She was angry at times, but she didn't like hate him, which a lot of people do. And so just, that was incredible. And healing from things is something that I, definitely could understand yeah 100 percent. like especially like the the topic of forgiving those that have wronged you because it's so easy to like hold grudges 
it's so easy to really like let that turn you into a monster and and like work through that to work through it and to be forgiven and to also forgive others is really great especially like why you think one of my favorite characters is Venom? Like he managed to forgive Parker for everything yeah. and also come to terms with himself and realize like, hey, like I may have been the problem the whole time. And and yeah, it was like when it comes to like Hulk and the leader, uh, like seeing like that at the end, like to book and everything is like, yes. hey, I forgive you. And to offer that that moment of forgiveness just really put like, like it didn't bring me to tears, but it, it choked me up a little. It really choked me up a little. Definitely, because I know we talked about, okay, as a hero, it makes more sense sometimes to just take out your op, like, because then they're going to come back and destroy everything or whatever. This was like, so like we get on Batman with Joker a lot for mm-hmm. that. But with this, it wasn't just like, oh, we put you in Arkham or whatever. It was, I forgive you and you are also a Hulk. I know the pain that you went through and what led you to this. And I'm one of the few people that can understand that, like... A Hulk is a Hulk and Hulk should forgive Hulks was so touching of a storyline. So just even to forgive the leader in that sense. And then a theme, how it ended is like, um, am I a good guy? And it's just like up to it. So that's definitely relatable in that sense. So touching on that, we can, we're transitioning out of just the review and go into what do we want from MCU Hulk or other projects? All right, so this this may uh be out there for me. Uh, I want to see like Hulk, or at least Bruce dealing with the multiple personalities. That is something that has been sorely lacking in the series, especially when it came to, like him turning into the smart Hulk, especially off screen. I'm gonna get into all of that. Like that that bothered me so much. I'm gonna get into everything like that. Yeah, but but not only that, right? There was a deleted scene from Infinity War. That showed, that showed the actual duality and showed them coming together. I'm like, why did you take it out? Oh, I haven't seen that as a film in that. Oh yeah, it's on YouTube. I'm gonna look at that. Yeah, look at it. You will be in, as enraged as I was. But uh, but yeah, like main thing I wanna see is like him struggling with the multiple personalities. Like I wanna see Joe Fix it come out. I wanna see him go gray. They te- they said they were gonna they thought about doing Grey Hulk for Age of Ultron. Yeah, and then they didn't. I'm like, why? <laughs> why? Man, you know what? Main yeah, main thing I wanna see from MCU Hulk, duality struggles. Okay, so with this, what we wanna see is actually mostly a gripe. <laughs> and we actually have a get it off your chest later, but it's not related to this. But some gripes that I have. So I have two. And they kind of tie in together. So um, I'm trying to think of how to do this first. So post-Infinity War, Hulk got punked by Thanos. He got punked. Everybody joked about him, cracked on the Hulk. They said, yo, you didn't come out because Thanos punked you. He knocked, he knocked, he beat you without the Infinity Stones and then knocked you, knocked you to Earth, essentially. I know he took the escape, but he, he made him run. So like, and he never got his get back. He never boosted. Like, it was like, he got beat up. He wouldn't want to come out. They didn't explain it. So then everyone just like made the assumption and they never like gave an on-screen reason for why he didn't want to come out. So it made him look like an absolute punk. And then in Endgame, never got his get back. He was already Professor Hulk. And just like kind of from there, he's a joke. Like even a She-Hulk, like he's not a real character to like follow, obviously. Mm-hmm. But this ties into my um my biggest gripe. 
all of Hulk's character development happens off screen. He has no on screen character development that makes sense to follow. So let me just like give some context to it. So I had to look it up. We've said it multiple times, but Marvel does not own the distribution rights to the Hulk. That's owned by Universal. So they can make Hulk movies. They can include Hulk in their projects because they have the production rights. But if they want to make an individual Hulk movie, Universal has to give the green light. So that just gives a kind of context why we haven't seen an individual Hulk product. But going into the off-screen part, so we have first appearance Avengers. He's the monster. We kind of see like the interplay of it. Then we get into uh, Age of Ultron, and it's like, oh, he's in love with Natasha, who we've seen flirt with every Avenger for the movies that she was in. Because in Captain America, uh, Winter Soldier, she was definitely flirting with Cap, uh, 100%. But then she's in love with Hulk, which is fine. And then they both kind of like, oh, I have a monster inside me. I can kind of understand that. So that's fine. And then he flies off to uh, space because he's just like, yo, I'm a monster. I really, I really love that. So that's good character development. But then Planet Hulk is co-opted into Thor Ragnarok. That's one of his most popular storylines. And they don't explain it. So then it's just like, okay, Hulk is Hulk. Um, he's a bit smarter since he's been that way for years, which is fine. Uh, then we get into Infinity War. So this is where the off-screen development thing really gets to me. He gets punked, and then we see him in Endgame, and he's Professor Hulk. There's no explanation of that, like I mentioned, of how he became it. It's just like, oh, we melded it together. And then never gets his get back. And then, so then we kind of transition into the later stories where it's like, even in Endgame, like, he's like, that one scene where he is the flashback time Man. time thing. And he's just like, oh, uh, I'll be the Hulk. He takes off the shirt. He's like, roar, roar. Like, you you punk the Hulk and made him not scary, in my opinion. And then so then we get into She-Hulk. I, I feel like I almost skipped something, but we get into She-Hulk. And it's like, oh, I have a son. It is literally like you don't, you haven't done any setup for that. And like his son looks like a teenager. It hasn't been that many years since then. And it's just like, so, okay, um... Cool, you have a son that, how did this happen? Oh, it happened during Planet Hulk, which is Thor Ragnarok. So that kind of goes into that. And if you want to do World War Hulk. Uh, I was just counting, like, how long did it take from the from, from Planet Hulk to to Sea Hulk? Like, yeah. like, how many years was that? Because, I had, like, at least five or six. Yes, because uh, Planet Hulk, which is Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. The very next thing is Infinity War. Yep. Directly after it. So then you have five years because of the blip. Yep. Um, and then uh, No Way Home is a placeholder. So that takes place directly after. And then you have uh, yeah. She-Hulk. Yeah, that's, that's like, like five, maybe six. So, yeah. And it's like, that doesn't explain it. And that's just so frustrating because Hulk is such a complex and complicated character. And then if you, like, people are like, oh, maybe a World War Hulk. But Planet Hulk sets up World War Hulk. So, like, I know there's no way they're doing a mortal hole. And so it's kind of just, like, frustrating from that perspective. Yep, yep. I mean, it is what it is. Like, and that's and that's why I say, hey, the mouse should take it all over. At least somebody have, like, all of the rights. So that way we can get what's rightfully deserved. Yes. Yeah. And I saw something where it's like, oh, it's kind of hard to tell a dark story. But if you introduce, you're going to have Deadpool in it, which is going to be rated R. Then Infinity War and Endgame were about grief and just like loss. 
And then also No Way Home, what is that if not a dark story? And then Moon Knight, he's traumatized. What are we talking about? I'm like, sir, can y'all get it together? Marvel. So, so yeah, just I just want to see Hulk in a leading role, and I want him to feel scary again. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. Agreed. So transitioning out, we're going to get into our sponsor for the day. For today's sponsor, we have the Academy of Jackie McGee. We, in this academy, you're able to become a true journalist and you'll be able to inspire others with your incredible storytelling and your incredible reporting skills. If you want to come and train up those skills, you are able to come to this academy and we are not responsible for any Hulk related incidents or any gambling related incidents that you may experience along the way. Your discretion is advised. All right. So again, the Immortal Hulk is one of my favorite comics of all time. Uh, this is me being a Spider-Man fan and there have been some incredible Spider-Man storylines. So in this, I just really wanted to initially give credit to all the creators associated with this, uh, give them their roses. But Meech said, he answered the question, am I my brother's keeper? And he said, yes, you can't, you can't, you can't give credit to this one person. I went, what happened? And he explained to me and he helped me and he'll explain to you as well. So let's get it off your chest. <laughs> Joe Bennett, the artist of Immortal Hulk. Personally, let me just start off by saying uh, I, I'm 100% separating the art from the artiste because I love the art from Immortal Hulk. I just cannot gel and vibe with the person that did it. Because Joe Bennett, you, you, you out here, you did the absolute, absolute heinous activity, especially at the worst timing right about now. Because uh, firstly, Let's start off. Let's start at the very beginning. In issue forty-three of Immortal Hulk, there, there was a specific panel that depicted very anti-Semitic Im imagery. Very, very suspect, my guy. And of course, subsequent publications uh, ended up having that removed, which lets you know that that you didn't fumble the bag, sir. Mm -hmm. And then next, you did a political cartoon in twenty eighteen, and you. You made some pretty heinous, very racial comments on that in that political cartoon. Oh my goodness, bruh, you you out here fumbled the bag. And you wanna know how bad you fumbled, right? Firstly, Al Ewing cut all ties with the man. So like again, issue like 43, he just had to work with him for like seven more issues, and then he said, I'm done with you. Like I will never work with Joe Bennett again. So much so that in 2021, Marvel canceled this man. Like, he no longer has any, like, projects with Marvel. He is just done for. <laughs> Sir, how could you? And again, in a time where, again, at the recording of this episode, and much later than uh, than when this story happened, you got, got Yeezy out here fumbling back hard. So I don't know what is up with people and all this anti-Semitic uh, nonsense that's happening nowadays. What, what what's happening here? Like I mean, like somebody cancel. Actually, we did cancel this man, sir. That's that's why I needed to stop you. That's why I needed to help you out. Help you understand that this man deser deserves no flowers. He deserves only thorns. <laughs> yes yeah 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 thanks for that because i did not know especially in today's times where where woo we that would have been the end of this podcast <laughs> just from pure ignorance of it but 
Someone who I believe we can give a rose to. Oh, yes, we can. Al Ewing, thank you for this storyline. Thank you for making the Hulk the Hulk. I, there, it's the feeling that I got reading this where it felt so different um, than other comic book storylines. Then every time I see the Hulk, I just kind of like, I literally read this before She-Hulk came out. And I was, and I remember texting you. I was like, how can I possibly watch She-Hulk after this? And you're like, deal with it. Yep. <laughs> and it was just like, wow. It, it definitely changed my perspective on Hulk. And what I so appreciate is that just with all the characters he brought back, all the um, storylines that he told, the way he gave each character life, uh, the different folks, he respected the whole. And that came through in the writing. And thank you for that, if you have anything else to say. Uh, yes, again, just thank you for, for Immortal Hulk and all the greatness that came through with it. And I am super excited for you, Al Ewan, because you're currently writing uh, Venom right now. And, and as I said earlier and throughout the entire podcast, Venom one of my favorite characters of all time. And I gotta say, you did not disappoint. Like your your story of Venom is, is out out here, uh, and I'm looking forward to see like where else that leads. So keep on securing your bag, Al Ewing. Come get your rose, and you deserve all of them. Yes, and thanks for having integrity as well. Thank so. You. For next, uh, we're going to get into the recommendations. So I have a, a list of just big ones. Since you have more specific ones, I'll just read them off, uh, mine off first. So with the recommendations, it's all Hulk-related content. So it's some of it's going to be MCU-related projects. Some of it is going to be comic book storylines. And some will just be uh, in between like uh, animated movies. So Planet Hulk, which... I would say it's the most popular Hulk storyline of all time. You can either watch the animated movie for it or read the comic through, which gives a lot more context to just a lot of different things that kind of happen throughout. <clears throat> then World War Hulk, which is another popular one to get into. That's also a comic book storyline. I don't know if they have an animated movie for it or not. Okay, so from that, so you can read the comic book storyline for that. Then Hulk 2003 just to kind of give a, <laughs> a brief recap the that you have to give us some grace uh, because the uh, animation at the time is <laughs> garbage, but that's this Hulk content that you have. 2008's The Incredible Hulk, which is slightly canon now uh, after, what, 14 years? So you can get a check. So if you want to find out who Emil Blonsky is, then that's just like good context. And if you want to see the Hulk actually be a destructive Hulk, then that's uh, one you can check out. Wolverine versus Hulk, which is absolutely wild. It's an animated movie, and they go crazy. You can also probably, if you want to see that, read Old Man Logan and just kind of with the maestro and different aspects of that. Then we have She-Hulk. Uh, that is a Disney Plus project. Avengers Assemble, which is the first ever uh, Disney Avengers team-up movie. Avengers Age of Ultron, and then Thor Ragnarok, if you kind of want to see slight of the Hulk um, storyline play out. All right. And for my end, of course, read Immortal Hulk, right? But then there are a couple, like, one-shot comics that you got to read along with to give you some more context. So, like, there's The Threshing Place, or Immortal Hulk The Threshing Place, which is more of an origin story and gives you uh, Samuel Stern's story. You got Defenders, the best defense in which Immortal Hulk teams up with Doctor Strange, Namor, and uh, Silver Surfer, and also gives you the confirmation that Mephisto can't really do anything against uh, Immortal Hulk. Uh, so that lets you know he wilding. Uh, <laughs> next, as I said, is Immortal She-Hulk, 
where I mentioned like just Jen's story and her perspective throughout the entire uh, Moral Hulk storyline. Uh, of course, Gamma Flight, which is another, which is a great miniseries that focuses on the on the Gamma Flight team after the Immortal Hulk story ends. And then finally, which is probably my favorite of the one shots, which is Immortal Hulk Great Power, which is actually a crossover with Amazing Spider-Man. And it's where Spider-Man turns into a Hulk. <laughs> wow. And you basically get to see the context of that. And also another indication that Mephisto can't do anything to Immortal Hulk because he's, because spoiler alert, he's unaffected by the one more day deal. Whew. Didn't he also get venomized? Um, oh, yes. In well? Absolute Carnage, the event, Hulk does bond with the Venom symbiote. So uh, if you want to if you want to read more about that, you can read that in the Immort- in Absolute Carnage, as well as the prequel one shot, um, Absolute Carnage Immortal Hulk. And he also makes an appearance in uh, in the King in Black Immortal Hulk, where it's no dialogue and it's just. It's just wholesomeness while also throwing hands. Boxing. <laughs> because it's actually a Christmas issue. Mm. So there you go. I like that. So yeah, this is all Hulk-related content. Since we're wrapping up, getting into our plugs, uh, again, just like, subscribe, uh, word of mouth, notifications, and the five stars, if you will. So let's get into our plugs. All right. So we got our Instagram at BlurredCity22 alongside the Twitter of the same name, BlurredCity22. Uh, please again come follow us and and hit that bell for more uh, posts and notifications. And then we also have our YouTube, which is the Blurred City Pod, alongside our Patreon of the same name, where we upload uh, specific content uh, exclusive to that show, as well as early releases of our episodes on that platform. If as long as you like, just give generous donation. It could be as little as a dollar. So please come and give us a subscribe on there. Hit that like and that bell and that notification. We also have our Discord, which is linked in our Instagram page. Again, BlurCity22. It's a thriving community of just Blurred Nation citizens. And that's where you can submit ideas for future episodes, as well as segments for our specific episodes. And then finally, we have our email, BlurredCity22 at gmail.com. Where once again you can provide suggestions as well as different uh, segments such as geek out breakouts and our random fan theories of the week so yeah can you get into yours yeah so we're also planning on having our first q a session towards the middle of our season two so that'll be end of december type so you can have a special episode as you travel and just for my individual author pages you can check me out my instagram at mitri underscore dash M-E-T-R-I underscore D-A-S-H and my Twitter at the Mad Dash 16. For just next week, we're gonna be doing our Black Panther Wakanda Forever recap. That might be a mega episode. I don't know yet, but there's gonna be a lot to talk about. We will be seeing this when you hear it the day after, first day. We already have our tickets. We bought them like a month ago. So bring your Kleenex and tissues, people, because that's gonna be a movie, that movie of the year candidate in a year of great movies. Uh, also, we're going to to wrap up November. We're going to be doing our Blurred Thanksgiving. Uh, we're planning to have like a special guest as well for the next two episodes. So just tune in. And as usual, we're going to leave you with some words of encouragement. All right. So for my words of encouragement is that 
you that your past again does not define you uh if you have like trauma or any like different types of you know different types of events that happened to you in the past you it's okay to like seek help and to receive healing from it if that means reaching out to somebody who wronged you or reaching out to somebody you've wronged then and go ahead and do it because at the end of the day like healing's all that matters and being able to move on to the next day and, and take it one day at a time that's where true living comes in yeah for my words of encouragement, uh, just on a dire note, uh, with Wakanda Forever coming out, we're going to be reminded of we did lose Chadwick Boseman. Uh, also, just the week of this recording, the previous week, we lost Takeoff. Um, so just like a really sad event. So something that just I wanted to share that's been on my mind is that a lot of things that we beef about, get mad about, or like don't talk to people about for months or years is a lot of BS. Um, we don't. Like, it's not really that important in the big grand scape of it. So just with that, you don't get 100 chances to make things right. If, like, you have the opportunity to reach out, like like Meech said, uh, make things right with people or just, like, get in contact, um, not cut them off. But at the same time, if, you know, there's negativity in your life and you need to cut them off or, like, hold to their standards, do that as well. Uh, just, like, in certain situations where that requires it. But... You got to make the most of this chance that you're given as long as that thing in your chest is being. So, yeah, go from there. Take care of yourself. Smile again. So it's goodbye for now, but you never know when it'll be goodbye forever. And that's the Blurred City Podcast. See you later. <laughs>